What type of investor are you? We can help you find out. If you're looking for a fun and fast way to jumpstart your investment journey, we have just a thing. Take the What's Your Investment Secret Sauce quiz. Within a few short minutes, you can learn what it is that makes you different from other investors, pointing you in the direction of your dreams and goals. Who knows? This might be the first step of what could be an incredible, life-changing journey. Take the quiz by going to kittysisters.com slash secret sauce. Again, it's kittysisters.com slash secret sauce. We started small. Our first property was in Memphis, Tennessee. Then a few months later, we acquire a couple of you know properties in Jacksonville, Florida. Ultimately, we ended up buying a few single-family rentals, and we were really, really thinking like, okay, this, this is, is where it, right? this is it. This is where we're gonna be headed. We're gonna be out-of-state single-family rental landlords. Yes. Because you know us and our journey, and you know that's not the end to our story. So let's get into our personal out-of-state real estate investing experiences and discover how you can get involved without having to deal with rowdy tenants. Hey, I'm Palmy, And I'm Nancy. And together we make the Kitty Sisters. We are apartment syndication experts, entrepreneurs, and real estate investors. Nine years ago, we made a change in our financial futures by ditching the 9 to 5. Discover the joy and security in making money while we sleep. We made this podcast to help high-level entrepreneurs secure their financial future while paying virtually zero tax by utilizing apartment syndication. And we're going to show you how. This is Cashflow Multipliers, the podcast dedicated to your financial freedom for the lifestyle you deserve. Is owning out-of-state real estate easy or hard? Well, it all depends, right? Our real estate journey started over four years ago, back in 2018 in Memphis, Tennessee. Since then, many people have asked us about our experiences, both good and bad. So we figured we would share our journey from early days to now. When we first started four years ago, Guys, that was prior to our apartment days. We really had no clue that we can be part owners in bigger and better things. But hindsight's always 2020. Yeah, so like many of you, our fellow cash flow multipliers and of course investors, we started you know, with single family home rentals. Many of us start out in real estate, happily investing in houses here and there. The early days of our real estate journeys were kind of like a side hustle, right? Our thought process was that we should buy a rental home, stick with that house for three to four years, and eventually establish equity. The key word there is eventually. <laughs> we quickly realized that's only going to get so far, right? At some point, we were going to run out of our credits, down payment options, and loan qualifications. In case you didn't know, according to the Federal National Mortgage Association guidelines, you can have only 10 conventional mortgages as a single person and 20 mortgages if you're a married couple. There's a number of rules and regulations outlining the qualifications for these. Don't get us wrong, out-of-state real estate investing definitely can be a beautiful thing. There are fewer barriers to entry, better deals, and it offers opportunity to build more diverse portfolio. Plus, you can choose the specific type of returns that you want and target a market that will actually deliver on those desired results, right, Nan? Yep. So. If you're looking for cash flow, tax saving, or do you prefer a higher projected appreciation, etc., right? Exactly. But do you know what the problem is with out-of-state investing? It can be anything from skipping due diligence or buying property sight unseen <laughs> to struggling to find quality tenants because you're too or you're too reliant on other people and challenges in getting rent paid on time without having an expert team to vet out everything on your behalf. 
Absolutely. But out-of-state real estate investing doesn't have to be that way, right? We started small. Our first property was in Memphis, Tennessee. Then a few months later, we acquired a couple of you know properties in Jacksonville, Florida. Ultimately, we ended up buying a few single-family rentals, and we were really, really thinking like, okay, this, this is, is where, it, right? <laughs> this is it. This is where we're gonna be headed. We're gonna be out-of-state single-family rental landlords. Yes because you know us and our journey, and you know that's not the end to our story. So let's get into our personal out-of-state real estate investing experiences and discover how you can get involved without having to deal with rowdy tenants. So, <laughs> did we love it or did we hate it? Uh, maybe a little bit both. Innovator Charles Kettering said it best, 99% of success is built on failure. Okay, Nan, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, let's dive into some of the pros and cons here. For sure. <laughs> so let's start with the pros. Yes, so first, remember that you have the advantage of choice, right? You can choose to invest in investor, landlord, and business-friendly states. If you live in a city or you know a state where the laws are unfriendly to real estate investors like California or Washington, it often pays to invest elsewhere. Yeah, speaking of California, Take, for example, Los Angeles. Under recent tenant protection resolution that was passed by Los Angeles County, low-income households are protected from eviction for non-payment if they were financially impacted by COVID, which sometimes is very vague and it's kind of hard to actually prove yay or nay for us. Yeah, so actually the first rule of risk mitigation in real estate is diversification. Remember, if you only invest in home market and that market crashes, think back of Las Vegas in 2008, where the medium resale prices fell 59%, you're in a lot of trouble. You might not expect this one, but not everything is sunnier than the beach. <laughs> Your overpriced coastal cities tends to be provide like actually poor returns to real estate investors. And at the end of the day, we really care a lot about ROI, don't we? Yes, greater ROI, room for right? appreciation is Definitely. always great. Definitely. The last part that we want to talk about is opportunity for appreciation. When the ratio between local and income and home prices become too high, there's little room for home prices to rise farther without significant income growth. This ratio is usually sits between 2.5 to 4% in a really healthy real estate market. But it's also important to understand the geography and economic climate in your area that you're looking at. Some cities have median home prices over 10 times higher than the median income. So it's simply not affordable or sustainable for these cities to see much more appreciation without higher income. Make sure you do your research. Yes, so you already know this, that, you know, this kind of experience was mixed for us, mm -hmm. right? So we have to take some time to talk about the cons. Spoiler alert, our first experience in Memphis was truly horrible. I know it sounds dramatic, but we closed on a house that was not initially what we chose. In fact, the sales guy from a very highly reputable and recommended turnkey provider quote unquote accidentally sold the house that we chose to another investor. Then when we said like, okay, we only wanna buy one house than the one that we chose. He said, no, you agree to buy two homes and therefore you have to buy two, whatever that's available. Yes. yes. <laughs> so we were left with a surprise in a not great area. And two, three months into ownership, we were forced to pay our, for our own mortgage, right? Nightmare, nightmare kind of scenario. That can and say, you know, happen when you only have one single tenant. But given it was our first out-of-state experience, it left us pretty scarred. 
Honestly, once we got through the rough patches, Memphis wasn't all that bad. We did have a couple times when the tenant moved out and we had to pay the mortgage ourselves and also the turn the turnaround cost as well. Also, there was a few very expensive I mean, that, tree trimming, yeah, right? Yeah, tree thing. It was Remember like, like $900 to trim a small tree? Yeah. Mark up much? I'm like, in Memphis? Super insane, right? Yeah. So that was like can be a worst case scenario for anybody, right? When you're investing, you want to increase your cash flow, not decrease it. Absolutely. Can we talk about Jacksonville for a second? It's such a great area, but in 2019, the city had to prepare for Hurricane Durian. Seriously, thank God it ended up only being category two, which meant tropical storm force winds in some areas only, but we totally were prepared to pay for a new roof, if not more. Why would we went into these purchases being hopeful that it's going to be a cash flow play, but what we had learned was not only it had low appreciation, but it didn't achieve the cash flow that we initially were told, you know. And of course, the exit strategy on one of them were significantly below purchase price. Meaning that they oversold to us, right? Yes. Not market price. You might be thinking, is it possible to actually own out-of-state real estate and enjoy the upside without all the stress, uncertainty, and unknowns? Well, you bet it is, right? Around here, we would like to call it apartment syndication. If you're new to our show, apartment syndication is our favorite mode of investing. And it's also what we believe is the number one strategy there is to reach true financial freedom and boosting your passive income streams and live the life that you want to live. The biggest differences between single-family home rentals and apartment syndication is that you're not signing up to be a landlord or a property manager with apartment syndication and you don't need to worry about the broken dishwashers or the rowdy tenants. That kind of work is left up to your apartment syndicators, sponsor, or also known as general partners. That's so accurate. The best part is that we don't need to do it all ourselves. Yes, we might make a little bit less profit, but thank you so much general partners for doing all the work and getting 20 or 30% of the split while we the past investors get 80 or 70% of the split and we sit back and just live our lives. No trial and error, no guesswork involved at all, right? That's the beauty of passive investing, right? So guys, on top of that, unlike our experience in Memphis, we don't need to cough up the monthly mortgages if one tenant doesn't pay. That's the beauty of multifamily apartment. If one unit leaves, there are 200 plus units to cover the mortgage. Yeah, and the value of single family home is based on comparable price of similar property in the general vicinity, usually within half a mile, while multifamily apartment properties are valued based on the NOI. Here's the crash course on NOI. It's calculated by subtracting operating expenses from the gross effective income. And here's the thing, once you have the NOI, you divide it by the cap rate or capitalization rate to get the investment's purchase price or the current market value. I know, I know, there's a lot of jargon out there, but it's important to understand how NOI will affect your actual profitability. Yes, scalability is also a big difference here. Yep, if you're someone who wants to enjoy the economy of scale, be part of a bigger and potentially more profitable bill while working with professional management and surpass the limitation that comes with size, the amount of credits, and the amount of capital you need, then you need to be a passive investor in apartment syndication deals. True, true. Once you've done the work and vetted the sponsorship team, you really don't need to do the process and repeat it again unless you decide to work with another sponsorship team. Another thing here is that there's absolutely no manual labor required Whoa. and needed for the past investor in apartment syndications. You make your money while you're resting, 
sleeping or playing. <laughs> so definitely guys, if you want to take that safari trip to Serengeti, that won't hurt your cash flow or bottom line at all. So definitely go ahead and enjoy the big five. Another and probably more commonly known benefit is your tax benefit. Paying less in taxes legally is always a good idea, right? There are some tax benefits associated with single family home, like deducting your property taxes and loan interest, which we of course utilize, but you even pay less in taxes in multifamily apartments due to the dollar amount and thanks to a little term called bonus depreciation. Love that term. <laughs> yeah, so your investment income is taxed at a much lower level, like Nanda said, than other investment opportunity through multifamily apartment investing. Plus, you might be able to even show off a taxable loss that can be used to offset the rest of the gains. Truly remarkable. The list can go on and on, right? But another key point here is you're investing passively with real estate, right? So real estate investing can be confusing, you know? Sometimes just a learning curve in itself can be so steep and joining an apartment syndication team let you have access to truly expert knowledge. Remember that passive investors themselves really just have one job, to invest their money. Plus, you can then leverage the team to help you make more money faster. While other form of apartment investing can be super time consuming, apartment syndication allows you to create that fast stream of passive income. For real, right? So you actually get to sit back, reap the tax benefits, and get rich in the meantime. By investing with an experienced sponsor and choosing your investment amount, you can trust in your investment and then roll in the returns. The type of apartment syndication we do is still out of state since we invest in areas that we don't live in. However, our experience has been quite the opposite of our single family one. The profit, the cash flow, and the tax benefits were not driven by us, but there's actual team of experts who are dealing with all that for us. Yes, guys, we have endured a lot with single family homes rentals, from unpaid tenants, not getting paid on time, high maintenance costs like ground maintenance, and of course, facing the defeat of not purchasing the home that we wanted. We can tell you this much, owning out-of-state real estate can still be a beautiful thing. However, you need to choose the right asset class, in the right market, of course, with the right team. So at the end of the day, our out-of-state single-family rental experiences and gains have led us to jump right into apartment syndication without hesitation. We were like, please take the J-O-B from us. We no longer want to deal with all the headaches and of course, like the, all the rowdy tenants and the fear that our single family tenants will stop paying us. That's it from us today. Thank you so much for tuning all the way to the end and remember to check out our other episodes from us for more tips, tricks, and secrets to owning your own time. Cash multipliers, we love sharing our knowledge and learning and growing with you. You can count on something like this every week that we think will help you disconnect income generation from your time, be a well-informed passive investor, and yes, live your lifestyle dream. We'll see you next week. We can't wait to begin this journey with you. Check us out at thekittysisters.com slash podcast.